podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. might have noticed today that my surroundings are a little bit different. Uh, unfortunately, this week I've not been feeling too well. Um, just a, a bout of shingles, but um, prayerfully we're on top of it now. Um, I've not been quite as quick off the mark as I usually am, um, but uh, you know we're getting there. Um, what I want to do today is have a look at uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 through 21. They're really well-known verses um, as Jesus feeds the 5,000 men plus the, the women and children that are there as well. Um, so it's a huge story, one that I'm sure if you've been in and around church at all, that you'll know about it. Um, one that was taught even um, during my time at school um, in, in the assemblies. It was a popular story. Um, but what I want us to do today is have a look at it perhaps from a a different angle um, and look at Jesus' reaction in a, in a situation where things aren't going to plan. Um, I wonder how we react in those sorts of scenarios when we are delivered news or maybe a scenario comes upon us that we weren't expecting, when things seem to be taking a turn. Uh, it's, it's easy for a, a myriad of reactions to come in place, but it tends to be that for most of us, our default reaction is to take ourselves off to just have a moment, whether that's a good cry or whether it's a scream, um, but we, it, it, we take ourselves away from the situation. And I would argue that that's not such a bad thing, particularly in moments where, as believers, we take ourselves away to spend time in prayer, to spend time with the Lord, thinking and reflecting um, but also looking forward, knowing that he's in control of all the situations and scenarios that come upon us. Nothing's taken him by surprise. And in this story today, in this account of Jesus feeding these 5,000, we, we see Jesus' reaction in a moment where w it would be acceptable for a myriad of different uh, scenarios to play out. Jesus is in a position where he's delivered some tough news and he in his first instance takes himself off to spend a moment in the quiet and then something happens and we see how the Lord Jesus reacts in a moment in this account that we're going to see today. I suppose we all have an inbuilt default but it's what we then do from that point that defines perhaps who we are as Christians and the, the name that we're lifting high in the Lord Jesus Christ, the way that we behave and the way that we respond to situations. So Matthew 14, verse 13 through 21, and this account is recorded for us in all four of the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, um, and, and is very well known, as I say, a very well known story a very well-known account of Jesus and his disciples in these moments as Jesus walked and talked on planet Earth. We're not going to focus on the part of the story where uh, the, the, the feed happens and, and those that are there in need of sustenance are given it. 
But what we are going to do is focus on how Jesus responds in a very tough moment. So let's read the verses together. I've got my Bible here in front of me. Uh, so Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to go verse 13 all the way through to 21. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed those who were sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said, and he told the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He then gave uh, them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. And we pray the Lord might bless the reading of his word. Verse 13 of the start of this account tells us that something has already happened. Um, you see, it says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. So let's just go back a little bit so that we can just get into picture, get into view what's going off in these moments. You have to go all the way back just to verse six of this uh, chapter. And verse six says this, on Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a dish the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted. And he had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a dish and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. So the John here is known to us as John the Baptist um, and, and he is in prison for letting Herod know that his love life wasn't quite right, that things needed to change um, and what he was doing was unacceptable. Now John wasn't wrong. The problem is that when you're in charge as Herod was um, and had no moral standing, uh, no morals whatsoever, he decided to just put John in prison to shut him up. Um, he, he had no intention of causing much harm to him, but rather he just wanted him out of the way so that he could get on with what he pleased and didn't feel like people were talking about what he should and shouldn't be doing. But in these moments, there's a, a woman who is absolutely desperate to get the head of John the Baptist. She wants him gone. Um, and with that, she finds herself in a position where she's able to get what she wants through her daughter, who is indeed at this moment, through her dancing, pleasing Herod. 
Now, John was a, John the Baptist was a, a close friend of the Lord Jesus, maybe even a relative. The word that we see um, in Mark tells us that he was a, a relative, but the, the 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 language doesn't really give us the ins and outs we as we've translated it makes it sound as though so it's a possibility but nevertheless John had been sent by God to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ to prepare the way for the coming Messiah Jesus knew this was the fact and and now in these moments he's hearing news which is heartbreaking Remember, Jesus is fully man, also fully God. So he feels the emotion. He feels the sadness and the, and the hurt and the anguish in this, in the pain. He, he understands these emotions. And John now is, has been beheaded and John's disciples have come to say to Jesus, come to let him know that, that John's dead. You know, Jesus knew that John's time, his ministry was coming to an end. He was preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah, of which Jesus, of course, now in his 30s, is in the moments where he is indeed sharing this good news. The Messiah has arrived. The Messiah is now sharing the good news, teaching people, educating people about who God is and what God has done for each of us. But in these moments now, you can imagine the heartache and the pain as the news is brought to Jesus. And verse 13 then starts to, to make a little sense to us today. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Now, Mark chapter 6, verse 31 and 32 tells us that the disciples were with Jesus in this moment. They also were in the boat. So although Jesus is going to a place to just try and have some quiet, try and have some alone time, try and spend time in prayer to his heavenly father, the disciples are with him. They too are seeing what's going off. They too are, are, are feeling what's happening. And it must have been tough. And Jesus then, as he's in the boat, can have a minute to, to breathe and to reflect and to pray. So when I said at the beginning that taking ourselves off, sometimes we can beat ourselves up about it. Truth is, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Why? Well, we need to lock in our coordinates and we need to fix our gaze in the right place. And the right place, of course, is fixing our eyes on God, fixing our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, not looking to the left or the right, but focusing, knowing that God is in control, knowing that he has all of these things in hand. So he had to get in that boat and we aren't feeling bad then today because we know that that's not a bad thing to do. It's a good thing to think and to reflect. It's a good thing to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. It's a great thing to get our coordinates fixed and our gaze fixed in the right place. Jesus was sad. He was hurt, but he knew where to go for help and strength. 
Psalm 121, um, a lovely psalm, again, a very well-known psalm, says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who, who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And it goes on. But there, the, there the, the point for us is the focus. Where is our gaze? The psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Jesus, in these moments, knew where to fix his gaze. And because his gaze was fixed, because his coordinates were set in place, then he, he was able to react perhaps differently then to how we might react to what's about to come. As the disciples and the boat with Jesus in it land on shore, the crowd had obviously heard that Jesus was taking himself somewhere else. And instead of just saying, oh, well, never mind, maybe we'll see him tomorrow, they have taken it upon themselves to run round and to, to see and to be there when Jesus lands. And that, I would imagine, is a tough scenario. There are things that perhaps you might do differently to what I would do in this moment. But we're going to listen to what Jesus does. Jesus was looking, remember, for that quiet. Was he? Or perhaps, just perhaps, because nothing happens by accident. Perhaps Jesus was looking for a place to be able to show the disciples that were with him a better way in these moments, a better way to react. Note then, when we come to verse 14 of this chapter, it doesn't say that Jesus remained in the boat just off the shore, or when they saw the crowd, that they spun around and continued sailing until everybody had gone home. That's not what happens. Listen, so remember, they've gone off in the boat, the crowd have heard, the crowd have run on ahead of them so that they're there when the boat lands. Remember, Jesus is going off to a quiet place. Verse 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed those who were sick. When Jesus saw the need, he had compassion. He didn't continue to take himself off. He didn't continue to avoid. Rather, he had compassion because he saw the need of the people. What a lesson for us in these moments. The moments that we find ourselves in today, they are not easy things to be going through. We are living out the history that people will look back on and go, wow, they must have been tough times. We're living through these moments and they're not easy. And there are times on when we have to take ourselves off to just have a moment to just reflect, to just sit in the quiet and to just pray. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that he is God. There are times when we have to do that. There are times when we just need a moment. But Jesus shows us that there is also a time to look up. There is also a time to look around us and a time to have compassion on the need that we see, 
that we can help in any way that we can. Jesus shows us that there is a better way. Yes, we have our coordinates now fixed. We have our gaze fixed on him as we've spent the moments. Think about it, sailing across to this place. We've had time to sit. We've had time to think. We've had time to pray. And we've had time then too in those moments to know that God in his promise said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So we can anchor to those points and we can know that God is in absolute control. And then when a scenario comes in where people are in need, we're absolutely certain that God's got it and that we can help where he sees fit to place us. So Jesus shows us this better way. Jesus in these moments makes a decision that encourages you and I today to look beyond ourselves so that we can love and support others, yes, but also as churches that we as individuals in that church are too getting supported in our time of trouble by those around about us who too have lifted their gaze. Now you see, it's so important. It isn't just one person's job. It's all of our role and responsibility to love those around about us, to support those around about us. That is church. This is what the Lord set us up into. This is what the Lord showed us. It's a better way. Doesn't always mean it's easy. The easiest thing for Jesus to have done in these moments surely will be to spin the boat around and just stay on the lake for a few hours until it goes dark and everybody goes home. That would be the easiest thing to do. Surely. But it's not about doing the easy thing. It's about doing the right thing. It's about having compassion. It's about having love. It's about serving those that are desperately in need. This is what Jesus did. He saw the sick and he had compassion on them. He saw that people were in need and he loved. And that is what we're called to do today. That is who we are as his church. Even greater than perhaps what we see in these moments for ourselves is what Jesus says about these moments when he talks about himself and how we as his children can have an assurance that he is the place to go. So perhaps taking ourselves off and having the moment to reflect and to give thanks and to pray. Also then looking up and being able to serve and to love and have compassion on people. But we have to draw our strength from somewhere. We have to be able to keep our eyes fixed on the source. And Jesus says just a, a few pages back in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, he says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And yes, in the first instance, this is for salvation. Come to me all who are worried and weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Firstly, that we find the Lord Jesus Christ. We accept him as our own personal saviour. We say sorry for the sin in our lives and he relieves us from that burden of sin. But also 
Jesus doesn't leave us in that position that that's it. God doesn't say, right, okay, now you saved you on your own. That's not what happens at all. In fact, we have the Holy Spirit as believers, that we received the Holy Spirit the moment that we asked Jesus into our lives, the moment that we said sorry, the moment that we realised that we that we were in desperate need of a saviour. And Paul records for us in Romans uh, chapter 5, and we'll have a look at verse 1 through 5. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, Remember, he tells us about works and faith, and we're saved by faith, not by works, so that any man could boast. That therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings, listen, our sufferings produce perseverance. Our sufferings produce perseverance. Perseverance, character and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Or another version says hope does not disappoint. You see, we have a fixed and certain hope, but sometimes we have to just take ourselves off to the quiet to find that out. Sometimes we have to just see that to enable us to be able to lift our gaze and say, OK, Lord, what do I need to do? How do I move on from this point? Who can I help? Who, Lord, are you bringing into my life, into my world that I can help and support and love? You see, hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, we've received the Holy Spirit. So we have received love from God. We've received the Holy Spirit. And now we're able to put that into action, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can help, we can support, we can love those around about us. We have a direct line to God. I wonder in a moment, perhaps, if something happened to you, you you got your phone, you're with maybe a group of people and something just is not going right. You're now in absolute danger. Well, the first thing that you would do is you would take that phone and you would call for help. Is that not what you would do? Well, of course you would. And then, of course, when the help came, you'd turn around to everybody and go, look, really sorry, but this helps for me because, you know, and then leave everybody else. I know you wouldn't do that. No, we'd call for help in the first instance. And then when the help came, we'd be able to help those around about us as well. And this is the joy that we have with God. You see, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Lord Jesus Christ, who's made a way for us back to God. So in the Spirit, through Jesus Christ, we have a direct line to God. And we can spend moments where we can look up to the hills Back in Psalm 121, we can lift up our eyes to the hills and we can say, where does my help come from? Well, I know my help comes today from the Lord and he is the maker of heaven and earth. He is in absolute control. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So I know that he is able and I know that I'm on his side. Why? Because he loved me enough to send the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I put my faith and my trust in him. I am his. I am a child of God. So in a moment, I can know, I can be firm, I can be relaxed, as tough as the scenario might be. And I can look up and I can help and I can support those around about me.
That is what Jesus is showing us here as we look in Matthew uh, chapter 14. We're absolutely certain that Jesus is showing us today a better way. You see, we are here today living these moments. So we have a choice to make. What do we do? What should we do? The word has shown us that we focus on him. The word has shown us that we draw our strength from him and do what we can also for those around about us that we lift our gaze. We're certain, we're sure our coordinates are fixed. And in these tough times, let's show those around about us who we are. Let's show those around about us what God has done for us so that in that, that they might look at us and go, wow, you're amazing. But rather they go, what is it that you have? And we could say, I have hope. And that hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have moments that we can share the good news about him and we can share the gospel. And our prayer is that people might be saved, even in these tough times, that people might see their need of a saviour, maybe more so now than ever that people might see that we are a fragile people, but God loves us enough to have given his very best for each one of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you today for your word. And we pray, Lord, that you would just help us to keep our gaze fixed upon you. We just thank you for your goodness and for your grace. We thank you that we have this account as we see the Lord Jesus Christ in a moment of hurt and a moment of sadness, took himself off to be quiet, to just see and to know and understand that there's a plan far bigger than maybe just me today, but Father, a plan that's to give us hope and a future, to prosper us and not to harm us. And the Lord Jesus Christ showed us that we're able to lift our gaze and to have compassion then on those around about us. Lord, help us to just live out all that we see and all that we've understood today. Continue to strengthen us, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.